Welcome to That Smart Hustle, a podcast for women who are ready to step out of society's expectations, discover their sole purpose, and work their light. I'm your host, Kristen Martin, a full-time author and creative entrepreneur. My mission is to impact as many women as possible to go after the very things that set their souls on fire. If you're ready to stop playing small in a world that is desperate for you to play big, you've come to the right place. Let's dive in. Hello, my loves. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Real quick, I am recording this in a different location because I don't know what's going on, but there are just leaf blowers and lawnmowers all around my house. And even in the closet, I could still hear it very clearly. And the microphone was picking up on it as well. So here's hoping that this seems to be the most you know, the quietest spot in my house. So here's hoping that it won't be distracting, that it's just like a low hum in the background. Hopefully you can't even hear it because I have such a, oh, just such a good episode for you today. And honestly, I've been debating back and forth whether or not I really wanted to post this because it is something very personal to me, but I've always... You know, I've always lived by the belief that if there's something I can share that might help someone else or that might kind of change the perception of something in someone's mind, then, you know, my discomfort really doesn't matter because that's just my ego talking, right? Because we're really, we're really all the same. We share similar problems. We go through similar struggles. They just wear different masks. And so one of the things I want to talk about today, which is really how I overcame a lack mindset. And when I say overcame, it's not fully the truth because I'm still overcoming it, right? When you have patterns of lack or thinking thoughts of lack throughout your life, in my case, for over 30 years, you know, those patterns are hard to break. Those habits are hard to break. And so I feel like I've come a very long way. I don't want to say that I've completely overcome my lack mindset because I'm sure there's going to be some experience or something that happens that is going to bring up one of those thoughts that I haven't dealt with yet. But you know, that's life. That's the journey of life. It's, you know, these experiences, these lessons show up over and over again, often wearing different masks or with different faces. And so it's really that that awareness is what is what I've been striving for, that awareness of the thoughts that I'm thinking, what they're centered around, and what they ultimately relate to. And I've been reading, and I highly recommend this book, okay? Like, literally, pause this podcast, go online, add it to your cart, buy it. It is called The Dark Side of the Light Chasers by Debbie Ford. And I've had this book on my shelf for quite a while, and I started reading it I don't know, it was probably a couple of years ago and it was really good, but I don't think that my soul was ready for the content that was in this book. I hadn't really gone on a soul journey, my spiritual journey enough to get to the point where I could really look at myself and my shadows and the parts of myself that I had disowned. And that's a huge, huge thing because as I've been doing this inner work, this quote unquote shadow work, which I just want to point out, shadow work is not a bad thing. I think the word shadow has gotten so much like bad press 
And what the shadow work really is, is all the parts of yourself that you've disowned. So that's why you don't feel whole. That's why you feel like a part of yourself is missing because you're still, you've disowned certain aspects of yourself, usually the things that you view as negative. (laughs) Because if you've disowned parts of yourself, then you can't possibly be whole. We can't look at the stuff that we deem as good and worthy and just and just focus on that and feel whole. There are these other parts of ourselves, things that we have to work through, qualities that we have to re-own. There's a point in our lives where we disown certain aspects of ourselves. And once you get to the point of realizing that you are everything and nothing all at the same time, everything makes sense because if you're one thing, then you also have to be the opposite of that, right? There's a balance there. There's light and dark for a reason. So I've been on this, this journey of owning all of the qualities and traits that I have viewed as negative or unworthy or, you know, just anything that's bad in my mind. I've gone on this this journey to reown these parts of myself and they've brought me to tears. Some of them have been very resistant, very hard for me to own, but for the most part, I've gotten through I've gotten through a lot of these. I have reowned the parts of myself that I've been denying for so long. And what I feel is freedom. I feel liberation. I feel wholeness for the first time in my life. And I will tell you, once you get going on this work and you're like, wow, I did that. And yes, it was hard, but it wasn't as hard as I was making it out to be. And it's really about taking responsibility for your life and the choices that you've made and the reasons why you've disowned parts of yourself. It's understanding that you've always had the choice. You've had the choice to say, that's not what I am. I'm not greedy. I'm not selfish. I'm not irresponsible. I'm not ugly. All of these things that, you know, you think are negative, you know, I'm not, I'm not overweight. I'm not fat. I'm not whatever it is, these parts that you've disowned the things that you've labeled as bad. When you start to own those parts of yourself and say, well, maybe I can't think of a past situation where I was, you know, selfish, let's say, but in certain circumstances, could I see a time where maybe I would be selfish or what would cause me to be selfish? Because what Debbie Ford talks about in The Dark Side of the Light Chasers is that every there are certain words that have a charge. So I'm going to give you an example, and it's going to be some, some harsh language, but I have to use this language in order to get the point across. So if someone were to call me a floozy, I have, there's absolutely no charge. <laughs> to that word for me. Like if someone called me a floozy, like I I have no emotion toward it. It's just, it's a neutral word, right? But if someone calls me a slut, which is very similar to what a floozy is in certain regards, you know, it's lumped in that same category. Ooh, that word hits deep. I'm like, I'm not a slut. You know, and you get defensive. You're like, that's, that's offensive. Why would you say that to me? It's a part of yourself that that you have disowned for a certain reason. And when you can go in and dig into that word, that charge, what happened in your past to make you dislike that word so much, then you can start to own or re-own the parts of yourself that you have disowned. So again, like I said, this is very personal for me and to me because I'm reading this out of my journal. And my journal is my safe place. It's my sacred space. But I made the decision. I said, okay, I need to share this because there's someone out there who who really can benefit from this. 
because it was that moment of absolute breakthrough for me. And again, it it's helping to attribute to this feeling of wholeness. And again, my discomfort is like, my discomfort doesn't matter. If I can help guide someone to the feeling of wholeness, that's everything to me. So I'm choosing to do it. Here we go. So this breakthrough happened when I was doing chapter eight's exercises, because there are exercises at the end of each chapter of the dark side of the light chasers. I just want to say real quick, like this, this episode isn't sponsored. This book has really just, it's just, it's opened up my eyes in ways that I never could have imagined. So at the end of chapter eight, the exercise asks you to run through your core beliefs. And it's the first question out of four. (laughs) And that's the one I stayed on and then started doing my own exercise after it because I felt like I was really getting into some good some good stuff, some deep-rooted core beliefs that were still running my life that I thought I had overcome, but you know, now in realizing I actually haven't. So here are some of my core beliefs that all relate to the concept of control. Because I thought a long time ago that I had released my need to control expectations, to control outcomes, to control certain things in my life. I feel like I've made a lot of progress in flowing with the universe and trusting my intuition and the guidance that I receive. But control has been the number one um, restriction or limitation I have placed on myself in, in my life for my whole life. So my core beliefs, which I've realized are around the concept of control, are that I must be quote-unquote doing or quote-unquote active in order to make money, that if I don't follow the rules, bad things will happen, that my limitations exist because of the structure of society, that debt is a burden that losing weight or even maintaining a certain weight, both physically and emotionally, because there's emotional weight too, right, is a drawn out process. Like it's something that takes a long time. I've held that belief for so, so long. The next one or the last one that I wrote on here that's related to control is I only need myself to satisfy my needs, sexual and otherwise. So then After I wrote down my core beliefs, something came over me where I was like, well, what do all these things have in common? And I was like, they're all about control. In order to make money, I must be doing doing something or being active is a form of control of an outcome, of the outcome of making money. If I don't follow the rules, bad things will happen is a form of control in and around expectations. You know, it's an expectation that if I follow the rules, that good things will happen or that bad things won't happen. So again, that's a form of control. My limitations existing because of the structure of society. That's control of the narrative of my life. If that's what I believe and that's what I'm telling myself, then I'm going to believe that the reason why I have any limitations is because of how society is playing out, how it's been built, how it's structured. So again, another form of control. The belief that debt is a burden. Now this one, this one's interesting because I could not find a form of control around my debt. In fact, when I looked closer at it, I realized that it's the only area of my life where I have been unrestrained. 
in that I really don't think about I really don't think about my spending. I don't put limitations around my spending. I never have, and I've always been told that that was a bad thing, that that was a negative thing. So that one I put a little star next to because I was like, I need to dig into that one more. And that's basically what the rest of this podcast is going to be about because I know there are a lot of people out there who carry debt, who have credit cards, who have mortgages, student loans, car payments, all this stuff, right? So I really want to dig into this deeper and share what I've realized because it was so eye-opening for me and it allowed me to to re-own a part of myself that I have disowned for a very, very long time. Um, The next belief, losing weight, physical and emotional, is a drawn-out process. Again, that's control of an outcome, right? Because the outcome is losing weight. And then I only need myself to satisfy my needs, sexual and otherwise. That's control of both expectations and outcomes. Because if I only need myself, then I only need to place expectations on myself, And because of those expectations, you know, I can control the outcome, or at least I think I can control the outcome. So at the bottom of this list, I wrote, well, what is it that I really want? What is it that I've been fighting for, for basically my whole life? And it's freedom. It's liberation. Freedom and liberation are at the core of what I truly want. And so this is fascinating, right? Because for someone who needs so much control and who behaves out of the need for control, I am denying my innermost, deepest core desire. So then I wrote two columns in my journal, one that says freedom and one that says control. So I started with control because that is what is familiar to me. And so under control, I wrote that my plan is best that I hold specific expectations, that there's only one acceptable outcome, and that I can predict it. So if I can predict what's going to occur, I feel in control. And the core need that underlies the feeling of wanting to be in control is safety. It's feeling safe. It's feeling secure, which no surprise here, my root chakra, which is you know, it's the foundation of everything. It's being grounded here on this earth. It has to deal with money and safety and security and knowing that your essential basic needs will always be taken care of. It's no surprise that I've had lower back pain my whole entire life. It's no surprise that my root chakra is the thing that has been blocked for most of my life. And that's where I do a lot of my work. So then on the other side, in the freedom column, I wrote that freedom to me is not answering to anyone or anything including my ego and its thoughts. So freedom to me is not answering to anyone or anything, including my need or my desire for control because that's coming from my ego. So freedom to me when I think about it is when I have ideas or desires and then the universe guides me to the next action in the exact right time. And the universe is what brings about the desire and the manifestation of the desire. So I'm really just flowing with the guidance that I receive. Freedom is also about no expectations because when you don't have expectations, you don't have resistance. And things happen so much faster when there's no resistance and no expectations, like manifestations happen like that. And I've seen this happen over and over and over again in my own life. Like I have proof of it in my own life. So I'm like, why do I keep putting expectations around things? Because of the need for control. Freedom also looks like 
all outcomes being okay because it's about the experience, not whether it works out or not, or if it works. And lastly, about predictability, if I feel like I can predict something, then it feels more in my control. Whereas unpredictability or things feeling like they they happen at random or not really knowing, not really having that certainty, what that unpredictability really is, is about trust and faith. And again, that's something that I have been working to cultivate my whole life. And so in looking at these two columns, what I came to realize is that my need for control has put me in a cage. I have put myself in a cage and that cage is of lack because if my plan is best, then there's only one plan and that's a mindset of lack. If I hold specific expectations around something, again, mindset of lack because it's my way or the highway. Only one acceptable outcome, again, lack because there are limitless outcomes, right? But when you hold one outcome in your mind, it's a mindset of lack. And then predictability, if you, again, it's about the outcome. If I can predict what's going to happen, that's a mindset of lack because I'm saying this is the only solution. This is the only way. So my need for control has placed me in a cage of lack. I have placed myself in a cage of lack for most of my life. So then of course, the opposite of lack is abundance. And that's what freedom really is to me. It's abundance. It's being unrestrained, unbound, unleashed. And so this was really interesting because looking at the word unrestrained brought me right back to the core belief of debt being a burden. And so then I started working through this one because I found it really interesting that I couldn't find a form of of control in that, you know, in that particular belief. And so then I wrote down, my spending is the only thing I have not controlled. My spending is the only thing that has been unrestrained. And yet I've associated my spending and this unrestraint with bad habits, with something that's bad, with something that's unworthy. And then I went back to all of the research I had done about money and about abundance you know, for all these years in trying to overcome this lack mindset. And I don't know how many people know this, but the way money works, like it's not just sitting in a vault somewhere. So actually when you go request a new credit card or a loan, obviously they have your credit score and all this stuff that, that your credibility and your reliability, dependability is based on, but money is, you know, it's created right then and there. And when you think about it, like it's all just zeros and ones in the system, right? Even during this pandemic, I've noticed signs in all of the stores that are saying there's a coin shortage right now. And it's not like they say, okay, we're going to take this particular amount out of this vault now and distribute it to this person. It doesn't work like that. So really money is created when you ask for it when you make the request for it. And whether or not you have the belief that credit cards and loans and all of that are good or bad, that's an entirely different topic because I view money as a tool and that has been like a resource and that has been something I've had to really work through for a long time, but there was still something that was holding me back, which is that debt or carrying any kind of debt is a burden. So then I thought about this really hard. I was like, if I hadn't requested credit cards or loans, 
I would have been contributing to my lack mindset because I would have been saying, I'm not worthy enough. I'm not credible enough to request this loan. And so in digging further into that, I realized my underlying beliefs around my debt are that I have an abundance of time to pay them off. If I didn't believe that, then I wouldn't have requested the loan or the credit card. Another underlying belief is that I have an abundance of opportunities to pay it off, right? That I would be able to find a way to pay off any of the debt that I had. Another underlying belief is that I would be successful in doing so. In my personal situation, those underlying beliefs had to be there before I would take the action to even request a loan or a credit card. And so then I realized, wow, there are these underlying beliefs about abundance, about my success, about my worthiness. So I dug into this even further and I said, so if these are my underlying beliefs, then there must also be an underlying belief of trust and faith in the future, in myself, in the universe, in manifestation, in co-creation, And then drilling down even further, that also means that there's an underlying belief that I am worthy, that I am deserving, that I am enough because I requested the credit cards and the loans and I used them. I spent money on them. So because I took the action and I spent it, that is confirmation right there that deep, deep down, what's been hiding in me for so long is that I am enough, that I am deserving of abundance, that I am worthy of living a truly abundant life. So then I was able to reframe the belief of debt being a burden. So debt is not a burden. It is a symbol of unrestraint. It's the one area I could never quote unquote control. So that's fascinating, right? So debt is actually me unbound, unrestrained, unleashed, living in a state of abundance. And that was the part of myself that I had disowned for years and years and years because I kept looking at debt as a burden when it was really because inside of every bad thing, inside of every bad quality or trait, you have to remember, you're the one who put the label on it. There's good and bad to all things. There's light and dark to all things. And if only you would look into those negative traits or those things that you've deemed as bad in your mind and you look for the gift, you look for the lesson, you look at the good in it, only then can you re-own that part of yourself that you have disowned. So since I've been doing this work for a while and having that realization that I had disowned the abundant part of myself, really listen to that because if debt is a burden, if that's been my core belief, And then the one area of my life where I was abundant is the area I disowned. There's no wonder I feel weird around money sometimes or I get all angsty and and worked up about things because I feel like there's this, this war and this conflict going on inside of my mind because deep down that was me and my abundance expressing itself, but I had put a bad label on it. I'd put a negative label on it. And so since that time, I have had money 
flowing in, even during this pandemic, from the most unexpected of places, from the most unexpected sources, because I finally re-owned the part of myself that believes that I am worthy, that believes that I am deserving of abundance. I re-owned abundance. And when you take back a part of yourself that you have disowned, you suddenly become whole again. You reclaim your wholeness. And so by re-owning this part of myself that I've disowned, which is abundance and also control, like disowning that control, that was something too that I had to realize and work through. In a sense, these were both shadows for me because my abundance was masked in the shadow of debt, which is so interesting. Like that's like so confusing to actually hear me say it out loud, but it makes total sense in my mind. So now that I've re-owned those parts of myself and I've claimed them, they're no longer a shadow. There's no longer a charge held around money. It's just money truly is what I've always known in my heart for it to be. It's just a tool, a resource for me to express my desires and, and the things that I want. In this material, physical, third dimensional world, that is, you know, the system that was chosen for us to live by, to be able to, to support ourselves, to be able to get the things that we need to survive and live. And so I'm not mad about debt anymore. I don't hold any ill will. There's no, when I say the word debt now, there truly is no charge. And I think that's why I've been able to come on here today and record this podcast episode because I have noticed the things that still hold a charge for me are the things that I'm still not willing to talk about because it's it's hard to talk about them. They still hold a charge, which means I still hold a belief that there's something bad about it. And that means there's still a shadow there that I need to reclaim and, and give compassion to and bring it back into myself to finally experience that feeling that we all want, which is wholeness. So that is all that I have for you today. And I know that this is a sensitive topic. Again, like I said, debt and money, these have all been very charged concepts for me. And it's really when you when you do the work, when you're, when you feel willing to look at another side, another perspective, again, oftentimes the things that we believe were things that we picked up from our past, either from our parents, our grandparents, society, friends, teachers. Usually it's something we picked up when we were like seven or eight years old. And when you start to realize that that part of you just wants compassion it just wants to be seen. It wants to be accepted and reclaimed. Like it doesn't want to be a shadow anymore. It wants to be a part of you because it, what it really wants, what your shadows really want is for you to feel whole. And by continuing to deny them or repress them or put them in the closet, if you will, that wholeness can never come. And the shadow will always remain a shadow and it's something that will haunt you and it will linger and the lessons and those experiences with those lessons will continue to show up. They'll just be wearing different masks. So I really hope this helped. Again, I would highly recommend buying The Dark Side of the Light Chasers by Debbie Ford. It has been one of the most instrumental books in dealing with my shadows as long as you are willing to do the exercises. So thank you for listening. I appreciate you more than you know, and I will chat with you in the next episode with love and light. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you love this episode, please subscribe to make sure you don't miss anything. 
For more beyond this podcast, including information on my YouTube channel and webinars, visit me at thatsmarthustle.com. And for daily inspiration and writing advice, come hang out with me on Instagram at author Kristen Martin. I'll talk with you all again very soon. Cheers.